Alright folks, coming up on the next installment of the Sports Rap Podcast, we will break into the NFL in five questions considering coronavirus and their attempt to restart. Alright, alright, alright folks, we are back. It's your boy D, once again, I'm here. And we are about to get into our NFL segment of the day. And I want to begin by talking a little bit about one Dak Prescott. Um, As you know, I reported last week that he signed a franchise tender for the franchise tag with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we all know what has been going on. Um, in the world, in our society today. Like I said, you see I'm wearing my George Floyd, Justice for George Floyd t-shirt today. And we know how there have been plenty of NFL athletes who have taken a stand, have spoken out on the social injustices that are continuing to go on in our communities, in our African-American and minority communities today. So we had a lot of stuff, a lot of comments, a lot of people talked. And again, like I mentioned earlier, people confused it. People wanted to try and control the narrative and bring this thing back to Kaepernick's protest and it being about the flag, which was never the instance. And like I mentioned uh, about an hour or so ago on the, the morning rush, George Floyd being knelt on with the force of an officer by, you know, with his knee for eight plus minutes, eight minutes and 40-something seconds had not a damn thing to do with the flag. Nothing to do with the flag at all. So that was just them, trying. I feel, trying to control or um, take over the narrative. Now, we talk about Dak Prescott. And one of the things he said, and this is what he said, and I quote, I'd never protest during the anthem, and I don't think that's, that it's the, that's the time or the venue to do so. The game of football has always brought me such peace, and I think it does the same for a lot of people, end quote. I'm on Facebook Live, Sports Rec Radio Show, so you just heard what I said, what I read. Those were the comments of Dak Prescott. Feel free to chime in. I know you're tuned in. I saw you on the last segment, so when you get ready, time to chime in, if you will. And I'm going to say that I think Dak is is clueless with saying with this statement. It, it 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 makes no sense to me. Um because you say you don't want to protest during the anthem again. You're bringing the anthem in. It has nothing to do with the national anthem. That was just the moment that was selected where players would be able to protest in some type of way, like taking a knee um, for for that stage. But you have that stage, and you need to use that stage. Um, you need to be more conscious of what's going on around you. Uh, as you see, some of the people have chimed. Some people have chimed in. You know, there were players that chimed in about his comments. Some some players saying that he didn't want to lose his uh, Campbell soup deal, or whatever, whatever the case may be. But again, you need to 
pay attention to what's going on around you, Mr. Prescott. Um, okay, you don't want to protest. All right, so in a small way, you're okay with what's going on around you in society. You don't want to see a change. You're okay with it. As long as it's not affecting you directly, you know, the indirect thing. Like they say, out of sight, out of mind. So for you to say something like this, I have to think twice about how I feel about your blackness, if you will. Um, he also goes on to say, um, and I quote, when you bring such con such a controversy to the stadium, to the field, to the game, it takes away from that. It takes away from the joy and the love that football brings a lot of people. End quote. Okay, so where should I do it then, Dak? If I can't bring it there, you don't want, you don't want it there. It takes away from the peace in the game. I don't think it does. Um, I think it proves a point. I think it makes a statement that you have some African Americans that are tired, that have had enough of what's going on around it. And like I mentioned last week, it's no discrimination as far as the brutality. It goes from the average Joe all the way up to the professional athlete, the movie stars, celebrities, whatever. So it happens all the way across the board. So for NFL players to use their platform in the stadium at that moment, and a lot of times it's national TV, so you're making a statement, huge statement, I'm okay with it. It's a, very, it's a silent protest, if you will, peaceful. But again, do not take away from the reason, the real reason for the protest. Um, in this, these two comments that Dak mentions that he says, it looks like he's going around or not trying to challenge or acknowledge what's going on in society. And for the others who, who don't agree with the protest, stop trying to change the narrative. Again, it was never about the flag. It's just that that particular moment when the national anthem is sung is the moment that these players have to make that statement. Besides, you know, other than that, they're playing the game and they're on the sideline. So this is the moment when eyes, all eyes are open and they have that moment to make that statement. It's going to be a long fight, but again, like I said, I am in the fight. I will do whatever I can. I will keep mentioning stuff. I will talk about things. I will call people on things on the air, if you will, and I will use my voice to help in whatever way I can. I will use my platform to speak on the situations that are going on continually, and I will continue to do that as long as I have this voice, as long as I have this platform, but... We can't allow them to change the narrative. Like the Drew Brees comments a couple weeks back, Malcolm Jenkins immediately jumped on it. And again, they, they they always revert to someone disrespecting the flag. How about the disrespect of all the African Americans that have been murdered at the hands of corrupt police? That's total disrespect. I think that's a lot more disrespectful than someone kneeling during the singing of the national anthem 
again, which is a song that was disrespectful to African Americans. Again, why is it only one verse sung? Again, why or who made it proper or made it a staple for the national anthem to be sung or part of the national anthem to be sung at the beginning of sporting events? Yeah, questions that we'll probably never get the true answers to. With that being said, I am going to move on. We'll talk a little Eagles talk before I get into the five big coronavirus concerns for the NFL. So recently, there's been a lot of talk about one Jamal Adams, safety of the New York Jets, who has recently demanded a trade. The Eagles were on his list, but then a few days later, he tweeted or he was noticed on social media as to making a statement saying that he wanted to be on the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that that will work for him because of the money situation, the salary cap there. I don't think the Cowboys will be able to pay him because he wants to be the highest paid safety in the league. Uh, The Eagles would have to do some maneuvering on some other contracts, I believe, but they they could possibly take that trade and have him and sign re-sign him, if you will. Uh, just a bit of news um, or updates with that. Um, the Jets are probably going to ask for something significant in a trade for him. So we know that Howie Roseman has never traded for more than a third round, has, ne- has never traded more than a third round pick for a player so some of the examples were um, looking at some of his significant trades um jernigan timmy jernigan was a third round swap darius slay he got rid of a third and a fifth darby a third and a player uh D'Amico ryan's a third swap and a fourth jay ajahi a fourth avery a fifth and darren Sproles a fifth as well um the Eagles are up against some cap situations, but I think with the addition of Jamal and, and other people around the league are saying that the Eagles would be the best fit for him because of what he does. Um, it would be, I think he would be a fit for the Eagles, a great fit, because he does a lot of the things that Malcolm Jenkins did when he was here. Um, moving Jalen Mills to safety could be a good thing, but... If you can bring in a guy like Jamal Adams who can step in and step down and be at that linebacker level, uh, be that hard-nosed safety that you wanted. Like I said, a lot of the things that Malcolm Jenkins did for the time that he was here, he could step right in and fill those shoes, um, so to speak. So we will definitely, I will definitely keep my eyes to that, eyes and ears to that story and let you know what goes on with that. So now I'm going to move into, like I did with the NBA, uh, these are the five big coronavirus concerns for the NFL and the guiding principles for navigating COVID-19. So one of the things they want to do is they have to establish an acceptable risk. Like I mentioned to you, the NBA, I keep giving them kudos for acknowledging problems that could possibly occur in the early stages and beginning to uh, work on ways to combat them if and when they arise. So, uh, to put bluntly, 
uh, public discu- public discussion of playing amid a pandemic has focused more on the process than on ethics. Ignoring a mortality rate that has been estimated at 1.4%. By its nature, football might be the most difficult sport to implement mitigating policies, at least during games. To put it bluntly, those who participate in on-field activities where masking won't often occur and physical distancing isn't possible will assume a new level of risk in their lives. Uh, Dan Heider, an executive director of the Markless Center for Applied Ethics at Santa Clara University, said, and I quote, they should think in advance about what the acceptable thresholds will be. Is the value that resuming football brings worth the risk? How many lives would you be willing to give up to have football games on Sunday? Is it a tough question? They should know the answer to before this starts. The people making those decisions have a serious financial stake in it. We all know that. It's about the money, of course. We all know that. But it becomes very diff- becomes a very difficult question because the safety thing seems almost in- insurmountable. Okay? They have already conceded that some infections will occur. The challenge to them is to identify them as quickly as possible and prevent the spread to any other participants. Wow, you know, that approach would not only minimize the spread to teammates, but also to family members and others at home. So as you know, the NFL is not in a bubble as of yet. If you haven't heard, it's not in a bubble. So players are going to be allowed to go home. Um, The risk here is different, and it extends to coaches, officials, medical providers, and other essential personnel but we are already beginning to see the parameters of this discussion. Uh, Zach Burney, an epidemiologist, says, First, the league's testing regimen shouldn't leave other, other parts of the country short of supplies. But in a larger sense, the NFL's return can't threaten public health by being a source of the spread. It's a key underlying factor in deciding how many fans to allow in the games, if any at all, and deciding the extent to which on-field participants will be separated from society. At the moment, the NFL has not finalized any plans for the potential admission of fans into games. I doubt that there will be fans allowed into games. Um, uh, Maybe they'll do what the NBA has planned on doing, having the other team be able to sit in the stands and watch games, but they will definitely be social distancing, a seat or two apart. Um, He also goes on to say, no sport should be the source of a major outbreak or a contributor to it. I I agree with that. Hence the reason I give the NBA a lot of credit for what they are doing. Um, On June the 7th, a memo from the NFL to teams asking teams to rearrange locker rooms remove furniture, and otherwise develop protocols to ensure that players and coaches remain six feet away from one another whenever possible. They provided instructions on creating one-way traffic through team facilities, mandated individual appointments with trainers, limited weight room workouts to 15 or fewer players, 
and ask for virtual meetings whenever possible and limited in-person meetings to 20 people. Shawana, my sister, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. One of the things he also said is the most important thing for the NFL is that you have to make a big upfront investment to make sure that there is a low chance that anyone who gets on the field is infected. That's the whole point of what you're trying to do during the week. It has to be done. They also said that they have to understand the impact of a second wave and or flu season because we all know that if you have a healthy immune system, this coronavirus can hit you like and it will feel like just the flu and you will assume that it is just the flu and your immune system will fight it a lot harder and a lot different than someone else who may not have the um, healthy or the strength, same strength in their immune system that you have. Um, also, they have to manage the inevitable roster openings. So again, they'll be allowed to add players to their rosters. Um, unlike the NBA, the NBA is going to have a set period where they can fill roster spots. It's looking like the NFL may be thinking about taking a page of the old XFL's rule book where they had a team nine, where they had a separate team where players were on that team, alleged team, when they could be picked up and brought into other teams. So I think that might be a good thing for the NFL to try. But they also have to monitor those players as well. Okay. Um, you know, we've seen it. There have been, there's also been the Buccaneers and a few other teams have already had players that have tested positive for coronavirus. So they're already in it. Just like the NBA, they're already in it. So they have to do it. Um, the other thing, they have to eliminate incentive to hide illness or play through symptoms. So what they're saying is the old cliche, you know, in sports, between being hurt and pain or injured, the loss of function. Like they said in the movie, if you're hurt, you can play. If you're injured, you can't. Which we know is a cliche, and we know it's it, it, it just the nature of the business. But honestly, the truth about football is that players are incentivized to push through both. So a lot of times in football, players are urged, like they just said, urged to play through a lot of injuries and health conditions. Um, it is reasonable to assume that most individuals will promptly report symptoms and follow protocols to minimize the spread. We hope that's the case because what if a player is playing for a contract and decides that oh I just this is just or or believes that this is just the flu. I'm still going to play so I can do what I need to do to get this next contract. Possible outbreak, possibly infecting other players. Um, here we go, and this is Heidler. From an ethical standpoint, the system is not a level playing field. You can see young players particularly particularly vulnerable and may be considered expendable because it's not likely to have it's not likely they have twenty million in the bank already. It will be fascinating to see how that is dealt with in professional football. So football still has some work to do, a lot of work to do if you will, and we'll see how that plays out for them, and and we'll see how they move forward. 
that being said, it is now 12.02, two minutes past the noontime hour. I'm going to take another break. When I come back, we will close out today's show with our MLB talk. And they finally have a season. And like I said, the MLB was handling things the worst, in my opinion. But they finally came to an agreement. They finally have a season. We'll get into that in the next segment. You are tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. See you on the other side in just a few minutes. The Sports Rap Podcast. We are going to delve into 13 questions about how the MLB, how Major League Baseball will look coming up this season since they have finally come to an agreement on some type of a season. Here we go. So we know baseball is definitely going to look different this year. It's going to be a lot shorter. There are some changes that I will get into once we go through these 13 questions. But I'm just glad that they finally came to an agreement. Um, it was a it was a long shot for a long time for baseball. I had, for one, was almost to the point or just about to the point thinking, that there would not be baseball, that we would probably get every other season except for baseball. But prove me wrong, and hence we will have some baseball this season. So the first one, the question number one, how is it going to work? Okay, so everyone working in the MLB must adhere to, they had 101 page, so they had one more page than the NBA page, to the 101 pages of the 2020 MLB Operations Manual outlining the health and safety protocols and on and off field rules, traveling regulations and league operations put in place for the season. Okay. Um, it does not address every aspect of MLB and club operations for the 2020 season. And additional guidance may be provided through the season. Um, it has been reported. Um, the league also will reserve the right to make changes to the format and procedures for the season as things change. Stan, what's going on? Um, you know, with the ever-evolving virus the continuing to spread, there will be, like the NBA is preparing for, unforeseen obstacles. How the league tries to resolve these these problems and how the players reach to those how the players react to those solutions will decide the fate of the 2020 season. Uh, question number two, will there be social distancing? They say yes when it's practical. But for all intents and purposes, for the most part, baseball will honor, uh, on the field, they will honor such social distancing. So here they go. What they're saying is, for active players, coaches, and umpires, they are not required to maintain social distancing when they are on the field, okay, in these situations, they do not have to wear masks. Players do not wear do not have to wear masks in the dugouts, bullpens, or in the or on the field. But there are ways that they are doing this so that this can take place. When possible, in the dugouts or bullpens, players should maintain a distance of six feet. Only players on the active roster who are likely to enter the game are allowed in the dugout. So there you go. They're limiting the number of players that are going to be in the dugout. So it's only the active nine players that are playing and any other players that may platoon into the game will be allowed in the dugout. 
the starting pitchers who are not scheduled to pitch that day, as well as inactive players, can sit in the stands as long as they are at least six feet away from another person. So these other players can attend the game, but they have to sit in the stands and practice social distancing. Um, if a player or coach wants to learn, wants to lean on part of the dugout, they need to do so with the clean towel as a barrier between themselves and the railing or edge or ledge. So they are had putting in place some precautions, as you, if you will, but these are just some generic precautions that people are doing every day on a regular since we've been in this pandemic. The players sitting in the stands, um, social distance is, is expected to adhere to the same conduct as they would if they were in the dugouts or bullpens. That means no cell phones or illegal electronic devices. The individual lockers need to have six feet of separation from others. Okay, Jackie Bridges, my man, you back. What about mound visits, which is usually a, a tough, which you would think would be a tough situation uh, because those guys are right there together. So what they're saying is when the catcher and infielders and coaches consult the pitcher, gloves covering their mouths while standing less than six feet apart. So these strategic conversations will be hard to do from a safe distance. In empty ballparks, it will be easier for opponents to eavesdrop. So they have to work on this part because, like they said, it's almost it's hard. That is a difficult task to deal with. Uh, number four. Hey, no chill. What's going on? Uh, do don't go crazy, folks. There won't be any high fives, any fist bumps, any handshakes or hugs allowed. No dog piles or at home plate after walk offs. It did. Okay. What's this I'm hearing about a wet rag? Okay. So, what they're saying is that all pitchers, you know how pitchers usually lick their fingers when they get a new ball, uh, or they usually hit their helmet, I mean, the helmet, their visor or their hat, things of that nature. No longer allowed for now. Uh, all pitchers will carry a small wet rag in their back pocket to be used for moisture. In lieu of licking their fingers, water is the only substance allowed on the rag. Then they go on and say, there will be a second dry rag for the pitcher to clearly wipe his fingers off his pitching hand dry before touching the ball and returning to the mound. The manual doesn't say. Will the games take longer? Well, we won't really know that until they actually start playing. Okay, but we do know that after each ball in play that is touched by more than one player, a new ball will have to be used. The last batter of an inning and any runners left on base will have to go back to the dugout to retrieve their own cap and glove because their teammates cannot bring those out to the field for them. So what they're saying is they're taking away for now one of the traditions of baseball. If you don't know, when the team is up to bat and they finish that inning or that part of the inning and they have to take the field if there's a player say in scoring position on running base or the player the batter that was just there say he strikes out or grounds out he doesn't make that trek back to the he normally doesn't make that trek back to the dugout to get his cap and his glove someone would bring that out to him now they're going to allow time for they have to go back and get it themselves due to the social distancing and the limitations of contact um 
The grounds crew members must participate in social distancing as well when they are not on the field. They cannot be on the field at the same time as the players. Okay. Now, since we just mentioned that thing about the baseball and changing the baseball, number seven, who's on ball duty? So normally this duty is to bat boys and girls and ball boys and girls. It will be performed now by an existing club staff and not by any minor person. So there will be an adult now. There won't be any children, teenagers, or kids doing it. Um, if no staff is available to perform those rules, those roles, the function will not be available for the game. Provided, however, that the, that club makes must make staff available to provide umpires with new balls to retrieve equipment discarded by a batter who reaches base. George, what's going on, my friend? Uh, number eight. Will in-game strategy be affected? Short answer, no, not really. Um, there will be a DH in the National League, though only for this season, not for 2021. The new three-batter rule will be implemented this season, in which pitchers must face at least three batters, three hitters, or secure the final out of an inning to leave the game. Okay, got that? Pitchers must face three batters or secure the final out of an inning to leave the game. What's the deal with the extra innings? All half innings after the ninth will begin with the runner on second base. The runner will be the team's last batter from the previous inning or a pinch runner. So what they're saying is if we go into extra innings, when those extra innings start, whoever was the last batter for that team in the previous inning will automatically start that inning on second base. Okay. Automatically, there will be a runner in scoring position. There is a potential side effect, though. All right. The dead spin. So we'll see how this also plays out. Uh, also, they said in 2019, situations with the runner on only third base and one out, batters struck out 20% of the time. The runner on third scored via a sacrifice fly in uh, 13.3% of those plate appearances. With the runner only on second base and less than two outs, the runner scored 14.5% of the time. Will there be trades? Well, there will be a trade deadline. And that's looking at projectedly being August the 31st. How will that work? How can the player improve uh, in 30-something games? Great, great question. What happens when a player is traded? How willing will players be to move their families amid a pandemic? Does he have to quarantine for 14 days before joining his new team? It's, that is not covered in the manual. So... There are still are some loopholes in this. Like I said, I still think base I mean NBA is is the front runner right now for covering issues or attempting to cover issues. Will players sit out? It's not known yet, but the simple answer for this question is there probably will be some players that will sit out, as we've seen in the NBA. Players with medical conditions that put them at a higher risk of contracting the virus. Those players can choose not to play and still receive their prorated salaries. They will be placed on the COVID-19 related injured list and can remain on there, on there for as long as necessary. Okay. Uh, Mike Trout and Garrett Cole are due to become fathers. Mike Trout has already said he will not miss the birth of his child. 
the standard for this is the players will receive one to three days paid paternity leave. Um, additionally, it reads if a player if a player is abs player's absence is a result of a serious illness or death arising from the delivery of a, of the child, the players club may submit written application to the commissioner or the commissioner's designee to transfer the player to major league bereavement family medical emergency list. The maximum time allowed on this list is seven days. And what about free agents? Will the risk be serious or not? Goodbye, base brawls. If fighting wasn't strictly prohibited before, it is now. Thirteen and final, thirteenth and final question: Will media coverage and broadcasts remain unchanged? No, that's not true. Uh, access is their access. If they cannot form the same relationship with the players this season and have face-to-face -face conversations, our baseball experience is limited. All pre-game and post-game interviews will be conducted virtually, either via phone, conference, or video. It's an understandable measure to make to take at a time like this, but hopefully not one that lasts beyond the pandemic. As for the game broadcasters, the team announcers will go will not go on the road this season. They will call away they will call away games from a remote location, the home bar park, a TV studio, or or some other place. Describe the action looking at the same television screen you'll be watching. Easier said than done. So for the media, the play-by-play -play guys who will not travel. It is going to be difficult because they will be reporting off of watching the same thing that you're watching if you're watching the game on television. So it kind of really isn't a need for them. I mean, I hate to say that because I'm a member of the media, but how is that going to play out? Like, it's going to be extremely weird because it's always, it's normally different. Uh, they're usually at the game live and see the things happen and can give you a more descriptive view um, or more descriptive point of view of, excuse me, said plays as they occur. Now it's going to be same time. So they're going to see the things the same time that I see them. So we don't have that extra visual uh, um, that can be, would be provided if they were allowed to travel to games. So all in all, baseball sends out a 101-page safety precaution, uh, but they're still fighting some issues, which I, I get it because it's a different sport and it's played differently. And like they said, they have issues, more issues than basketball because they have to adjust some of the things that are the alleged or the quote-unquote norm for baseball. Like they said, they're having a tough time with figuring out how they're going to do um, mound visits, which is going to be extremely hard to be social distancing, to, do, to practice social distancing. So they still have to work that out. They have they've attempted or allegedly put in place something for the dugout stuff where only the active players or players that might platoon into games will be in the dugout. They don't have to wear masks. But if they're leaning like they always do up on the rail, they have to have a towel in between them. So they're trying 
to get some things in place there. But it's very difficult because of all the quirkiness, if you will, um, surrounding the game of baseball. So we will definitely see how that plays out um, when the season starts. So again, TBT, the basketball tournament, the million-dollar tournament, begins this Saturday, July the 4th. July 30th, NBA starts. And I don't have the exact date for baseball, but that'll be starting up soon. The NHL playoffs will be starting soon as well. So, folks, we will have some live sports coming at us very, very soon. Long awaited, long overdue. I agree. And we are still in this fight, folks. So, as I say, stay woke, be safe, be careful out here, and be mindful of your surroundings. surroundings. If you are in the fight for reform to get these social injustices changed, we know that this is an election year. We had our primary, and we urge people, you have to get out and vote. Your vote counts. You may not believe it, but your vote does count. So get out and vote. We have to make changes in the places where it starts. So we have to vote and get these people that condone these injustices or that are standing by and not doing anything about these injustices in office. We have to vote to get them out of office, to get people in there that will help this cause and fight with us, stand with us. It's your boy D. I will see you next week. After the 4th of July, on Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., right here, Heat 100 Radio, Sports Rat, signing out. I'll see you all week on social media. Like I say, you know where to get me. Facebook, the group page, Sports Rat Radio Show. Also, Instagram and Twitter, at Sports Rat underscore D. The webpage, SportsRatRadio.com. YouTube, Sports Rat TV. And you can get the podcast anywhere you get your podcast just search sports rap podcast my avatar will pop up and you'll know it's me it looks just like me that being said it's your boy d signing out see you all next week